Well, I guess what makes it weird for me is that obviously people are asking questions about it constantly because it's at the top of the Google algorithm. And, and maybe the Google algorithm is completely off base, but it seems like a lot of people are asking, what does the Bible say about tattoos? Which is interesting because it says almost nothing. And the places where we find that are, are so inconsistent in terms of how we approach those laws as to, as to make it almost ridiculous that we even think about it. So um, it's, uh, it's certainly an interesting question to discuss. Dirt City Bible Hour. This is Dan Taylor. Thank you for coming. Uh, this is our weekend episode. On weekends, what I'm going to try and do is answer a specific question about the Bible. Um, this week, I got uh, the questions from going to Google and populating the field with like, does the Bible blank? And it populated with, does the Bible say anything about tattoos? Roughly. There were about 70 different questions that had some relation to tattoos. So, if Google is right and not completely trying to engineer all of our conversations in a certain direction, there are numerous humans out there who care for some reason about what the Bible says about tattoos. Um, so yeah, uh, welcome. And we are, that's, that's what we're doing today. So, um, the answer to the question, what does the Bible say about tattoos is not much. It comes specifically from one passage in Leviticus 19, chapter 19, verse 28. Um, I'm going to get into at some point the idea of verses and why you shouldn't pay attention to them. But just know this. Verses are the youngest part of the Bible, and they've only been in existence for roughly about a thousand years. So, and I think that they've been one of the things that's led most to misunderstanding and misusing the Bible. So I'm an anti-verse division guy. As a general rule in the Dirt City Bible Hour podcast, they are really helpful in terms of being able to find things. They are detrimental in terms of trying to understand things. So... Leviticus 19, uh, chapter 19, verse 28, is within a section of just kind of various and sundry laws. Uh, just there's kind of a whole grab bag of, of laws that are happening there in Leviticus uh, 19. There's laws about how to treat foreigners. There are laws about how old food should be when you eat it. There are laws about the justice system. And there is this law in verse 28 about tattoos. It says, uh, it says, you are not to make gashes on your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. So this is the pretty simple thing. So don't, uh, now this is within the context of an entire paragraph of, in verse 26 through 28, which would have been constructed as a paragraph that was laws of separation. So, the whole thing is you are not to eat anything with blood in it. You are not to practice divination or witchcraft. You are not to cut off the hair at the sides of your head or mar the edge of your beard. You are not to make gashes on your body for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. And these are what I would call laws of separation. These are laws that are designed to distinguish the people of Israel from the people around them. And 
The question that we're going to ask, though, is not uh, the question that people are asking or, uh, when they ask, like, what does the Bible say tat- about tattoos? They're not really asking, what does the Bible say about the idea of tattoos? Or what did the Bible say about tattoos for the people of ancient Israel? What they're asking is like, what does the what does the Bible say about my tattoo? The the tattoo that I already have, or that the tattoo that I'm planning on getting, or the tattoo that someone I love is planning on getting or might get. And what I'm going to say is, while the Bible says something about tattoos for ancient Israel, I don't believe that the Bible says anything about your tattoo, the tattoo that you have, the tattoo that you might get or the tattoo that your loved one has. And the reason why I'm saying that is because this is at a very specific point in the story that the Bible tells, and it is very difficult to apply everything from this passage to us. Okay, so um, this is probably going to take longer than I want to take, and I'm going to spend an entire episode going into this, and this will also be the subject of a a book that is going to come out in 2023 by me called The Bible for All of Us, where... Mostly I'm talking about how the Bible, uh, my premise that I'm going to put to you, whether you believe in it or not, is that the Bible is one long story. And the Bible is one long story divided into six chapters, okay? So the first chapter goes from Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 11, and that chapter describes creation, fall, and the consequences of the fall of people. So again, this is going to be its own whole, probably multiple episode series, but the just bear with me for now. So chapter one, creation, fall, consequences. Genesis, chapter two, Genesis uh, chapter 12 through the end of Genesis, chapter 50, is the story of Abraham and his descendants. What, what most people in the world through the Western tradition of Judaism and Islam would call the patriarchs, okay? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And then next chapter is uh, the third chapter of the Bible is ex- goes from Exodus 1 through to the end of Malachi, the end of what uh, Christians call the Old Testament, the end of what Jew- uh, the Jewish people call the Hebrew Bible. And that is the, the cha- that chapter describes Israel, the people of Israel, and their relationship to Torah, land, and temple. Okay. Next chapter is chapter 4, and that's Matthew 1 through the end of Acts 1, and that's the story of Jesus as the fulfillment of all things, okay? So that's chapter 4 of the Bible. Then chapter 5 of the Bible is goes from Acts chapter 2 to Revelation 20, and that is uh, the church age, okay? And historically, we exist as humans in the context of this story. We exist in chapter 5, Okay. There is another chapter, Revelation 21, 22, which is the restoration of renew and renewal of all things when heaven crashes into earth and, and everything is the way it ought to be and was designed to be at the beginning. Okay, so when we're asking any kind of question about what does the Bible say about X, one of the most important questions that we have to, do, have to answer is where are we in the story? Okay, when something is said. So we see a line that says, don't make tattoo marks on yourselves. The question that we need to ask, and and this applies to like, if you do not believe the Bible, but if people are trying to control you with the Bible, ask yourselves the question, you find this passage, where are we in the story? And this comes from the Torah. It comes from the law and it comes from Leviticus 19. So therefore it's in chapter, uh, chapter three of our story. And it's the, the, and this story describes the people of Israel and their relationship to Torah or law uh, or instruction, land and temple. 
And this is often the place where people, when interpreting the Bible, get tripped up the most. Um, I've seen people on the progressive side of things who say, well, there are no rules about anything because the, the Bible says don't eat shrimp and nobody has a problem with that. And other people try to control people's lives by saying, well, the Bible talks about tattoos. The Bible talks about having different, uh, the Bible talks about sexuality and gender. The Bible talks about all this. And they all go back to Leviticus and they all read Leviticus wrong. Okay. Leviticus was a set of laws intended for chapter three. And in this chapter, we are at a midpoint in the developing story of God's rescue plan for all humanity. God's rescue plan starts with one person in Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Okay, that's at the beginning of chapter 2. In chapter 3, that rescue plan expands beyond one man and his direct descendants to an ethnic group, uh, the people of Israel. And that ethnic group, uh, that plan works through that ethnic group all the way to the end of chapter 3. In chapter 4, Jesus intercedes himself into the story, okay? And the story then takes a turn and then becomes expanded beyond that ethnic group to the entire world by the time we get into chapter 5, okay? And this is very specific because the instructions in chapter 3 are be separate from the people around you. That is 100% true. And to not take on their practices, which would have included tattoos. There was lots of tattooing practices in the ancient Near East. Some of them had to do with slavery and marking slaves so that they would be able to be brought back to their masters. Some of them had to do with with just cultural norms. Um, there's a whole bunch of reasons, but for this, but the intent of not having tattoos was to distinguish yourself from the the the, the ethnic groups around you. But by the time we get to Acts chapter two. And the fourth chapter of the story, we've expanded beyond that singular ethnic group to the entire world, right? And this happens very specifically in the narrative. There's three different points in the book of Acts that very specifically point that this narrative, which was contained to a single ethnic group, is now encompassing the whole world. And that happens in three places. First in Acts chapter 2, or when the Holy Spirit comes on the uh, on the people who were meeting in the upper room, the story says that they all started speaking in the tongues of the whole world, right? And we're not having a conversation about whether this actually happened about right, it happened right now. This is, that is not what we're doing right now. But, but narratively, what that means, the intention of that in the narrative is that the whole world is now included in this story, not just a singular ethnic group. And that continues in chapter, in Acts chapter eight, when we meet, Philip meets the Ethiopian eunuch. And there's a point in that story where the Ethiopian eunuch turns to Philip and says, here is water. Is there any reason why I should not be baptized? Now, narratively, in chapter 3, there's dozens of reasons why this man ought not to be baptized. He is Ethiopian. He is outside of the ethnic group. He is a eunuch. He has been hurt in a way and that, the, that in chapter 3 would have deemed him unclean. He is separate from the people. But... What the story is doing is saying that this man is actually now included. And when Philip baptizes him and can find no reason not to, it's a very specific intention that that this story now belongs to the whole world, not a singular ethnic group. And this also continues in Acts chapter 10 when Peter has a vision uh, of, of eating all sorts of unclean animals 
and and he uh, God tells him to eat these unclean animals, and Peter says, "No, I've never eaten anything unclean." And then God says, "How are you to call unclean what I have made clean?" And then he gets invited over to this Gentile's house who serves what he would have considered unclean food, and he eats with him because. The understanding in the story is that we have grown past the people of Israel as an ethnic group. And the story that God, of God's rescue now includes the entire world, okay? So that changes the way that because we're living in chapter 4 of the story, it changes the way that we view the rules given in chapter 3 of the story. Because the laws about tattoos were about separating yourself from the culture around you. And now we don't do that anymore. And this is a really important thing for a lot of different people because when, when Christianity came to North America and, and to various other parts of the world through colonialism, one of the things that they brought was this uh, an, an injunction against the cultural norms of the people there, some of which included tattoos. There's lots of indigenous uh, groups that have tattooing as part of their culture, Maori people, Dene people and Inuit people in the north of Canada. And those practices were banned and considered sinful because of the this verse. And what I would like to argue is that is a fundamental misunderstanding of what Leviticus 19 is doing in the overall story of God's rescue. And it's cheap and it's arbitrary because the reality is Leviticus 19 also says that there should be equal access to the justice system for everyone regardless of economic means. So if you meet someone who says you shouldn't have tattoos because the Bible says that you should have tattoos, you should make sure that they are ensuring that everyone has equal access to the justice system and are fighting that legal aid be given more money in order to prevent unfair prosecution and that and in order to facilitate lawsuits against corporations that uh, that so they aren't able to use the justice system for their own means. If someone comes to you and says the Bible says tattoos are wrong, you should then say to them because it also says this in Leviticus chapter 19 that okay you should make how are you making room for foreigners to live in your country do you have an open border policy because that seems to be what is advocated in Leviticus 19 it says be kind to the stranger who is living among you because you were once strangers in Egypt right so the I would argue that these specific laws of separation don't apply anymore okay and Jesus even alludes to this himself because there's uh, a question about dietary laws and eating that is brought to Jesus in uh, Matthew chapter 15. And, and people say like, well, we talk about eating things that are unclean. And Jesus says something very interesting. He says, nothing that goes into a person defiles them, but what comes out of them. Because what goes into the mouth uh, gets digested by the body and comes out as shit. That is the nature of things that go into the body. But is what is come out comes out of the body is like the desires of your heart, vulgar words against other people, insults, cursings, violence. So what defiles us as human beings is not what goes into us, but what comes out of us. So the question about is so the question about like what does the bible say about tattoos it doesn't say very much but it does say what matters more than what is on your skin is what is coming out of your heart okay and that is true across the board so let's answer this in a couple of ways because 
One of the things that is certain is God cares about people more than laws. That is so clear through the way that the story is told. So if you, if we're talking about, if the question that is being asked is, what does God think about the tattoo that I already have? The answer is nothing. If you already have the tattoo, don't worry about it. I mean, maybe if you're like rocking like Edward Norton in, in uh, American History X or something like that, and you've got like a bunch of white supremacist tattoos that you don't like, you can get rid of those. Like if you don't like it anymore, but like, I guarantee you that you are thinking way more about your tattoo than God is thinking about your tattoo. Um, if the question is, what is God thinking about the tattoo that I'm about to get? Um, God isn't really concerned about the tattoo that you're get, about to get, but he is concerned about you. And I know people that have gotten tattoos out of an abundance of joy, that they want to see this on their skin, that they feel good about them. It makes them feel more like themselves. And if that is what you are doing, then whatever, you know, like be wise, obviously, I, you know, but, and, and think about what you're doing because it is, it is permanent. That is what I would say to my own children. Um, but, but is this coming out of an abundance of joy? Because sometimes, or is this part of my allegiance to a cultural connection? Like if, if you happen to be an Inuit or a Maori person, then by all means, I wouldn't worry about it that much. Then, you know, by all means, get your tattoo and participate in your culture. I don't think that excludes you from the kingdom of God in any way. I'm 100% positive on that. But I do know some people who have gotten tattoos out of sadness. Who have gotten tattoos out of a desire to have an external solution for something that is happening internally. And what I would say to that is is that's a fair question that's a fair question to ask. And if that's where your tattoo is coming from then then maybe you want to think about it a little bit more. And but I don't think that there is any justification in anyone using this law from Leviticus 19 as a means to control anyone else. Um, full disclosure, I have a tattoo. I have a tattoo on the back of my hand um, that is so subtle that most people don't notice it. Um, and I feel great about it. Well, I don't